Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Carbonite Podcast. This is your host, Mark Brunelli, and I'm a writer on the Carbonite Marketing Team. Today's special guest is Carbonite's Chief Evangelist, Norman Guadagno. Today, we're talking about one of the biggest information technology stories in recent years, and that's the worldwide ransomware epidemic. And Norman is going to talk with us about one of the newest weapons in the battle against ransomware. It's called FlightRansomware.com, and it's a new website we created to help businesses and consumers protect their data. Thanks a lot for joining me today, Norman. Hey, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Great to have you. Norman, I wanted to start out by talking uh, about a survey. Um, some of the results really surprised me, and um, I'd like to get your reaction. So Michael Osterman of Osterman Research recently surveyed IT decision makers at 540 organizations. These are companies spread throughout the US, UK, and Canada. And two big stats jumped out at me. Uh, one, 80% of the companies were victims of a cyber attack within the last year. And two, 50% reported being victims of a ransomware attack. I mean, 80%, does that match up with what you're hearing or does it surprise you? Yeah, it's, it sounds like a big number, doesn't it, Mark? It really does. Right? Really so, does. So here's my take to the 80%. Uh, it's too low. And wow. the reason I think that it's too low is because so many cyber attacks don't get reported. And and we see this, I'm sure we'll talk about the 50% number as well. Mm -hmm. And it, it depends on the business. It depends on the size of the business, the type of the business. But oftentimes things happen and employees like, Ooh, I don't want to tell the boss about that. So there's a lot of things that get caught and that's the numbers that get reported or things that have real damage. But then you start to think about how many times somebody inadvertently clicks on a phishing email and nobody even knows, or somebody inadvertently clicks on a ransomware and like, ah, and tries to figure out what to do next. So I think that number may even be low. And I think that the threat is so significant for every business of every size right now where they're under attack constantly and so many of them just don't know what to do. And 50% of those attacks are ransomware attacks. So, I mean, that just shows that that's on the rise as well. Uh, it, it is exploding. Right? The numbers are going through the roof, increasing multiple, multiple fold over every year. And they, the sad part, or depends if you're, if you're a ransomware hacker, the good part is that there are so many variants of ransomware out there, new ones being created all the time. Mm -hmm. You can sign up to execute what's called ransomware as a service, which is essentially, hey, there's a service. I go and I set, set up my information and I pull down the code and I give them a percentage of the ransom that I collect. It's that easy. It, it is that easy. And the honest truth is that if you or I wanted to go be malicious hackers, a couple of days of effort and study in our part, and we could be in business. That's scary. That's definitely scary. Um, you know, I know that was an offer, Mark. That was a, <laughs> I'm just saying that was an actual offer. No, no, no. no. Okay. Not really. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, you know, I know in, in the past we talked, we've talked a lot about how, you know, steering clear of ransomware is often a matter of avoiding suspicious emails. And that's still important, but but cyber criminals have become more sophisticated. What are some of the other ways that they're spreading ransomware today? Yeah, they they are sophisticated, right? And they're sophisticated both because of the thing we just talked about, the fact this industrialization of it, right? These ransomware syndicates, this ransomware as a service, that's making it so they can build more and more sophisticated code that looks better and better all the time. The second thing that we have is that, uh, unfortunately, 
even with a problem as pressing as ransomware, people sort of get burnout quickly around being careful. Uh, and it's a weird phenomenon when you think about it, right? But you, you sort of, you're told, be diligent, be diligent, be diligent. And you are, but then it's like, oh, but uh, look at that thing over there. And, 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 it, and it's slowly, right? It's like trying to stay awake all night. You're really good at first. And then you nod off a little bit and like, oh, no, I'm good. Uh, but eventually you fall asleep. And so I think the, the attacks are more sophisticated. We're seeing things that look like real websites, real emails. They have your information, right? Because oftentimes they can gather people's credentials from the dark web, right? There's lots of stolen credentials out there. I'm sure you've talked about this or you will talk about Certainly. this, right? There's lots of stolen credentials. So I can gather the credentials and then I can custom drop an email back to you that you think is from your bank or from whomever, and you're much more likely to click. And that's part of what's driving this uh, reduction in people's suspicion and this increase in the ability for criminals to get to you and spread the ransomware. The other thing criminals are doing is getting out there and just capitalizing on the 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 fever that gets caught up when people see something that they want to be part of. So I was just reading recently about a ransomware variant hidden in a fake Pokemon Go yes. sort of app, right? You may have seen that, this yep. one, right? So it's like they, they jump on the bandwagon and here's, I think it was Pokemon Go for Windows is that they were advertising. Here's Pokemon Go for Windows, download it. And and people are like, okay, there it is. Because you don't know what one Pokemon Go from another is. And then instead of you catching the Pokemon, the ransomware hackers caught you. Oh, there are a lot of kids in my town who are going to be disappointed to hear about that. Yes, I suspect <laughs> that's the case. So, so the sophistication's there. It's spreading rapidly. People are overwhelmed with the amount of email we get, knowing which sites to click on, which sites not to click on, who to trust, who not to trust. And, and it's just going to get worse before it gets better, unfortunately. Mm. Let's talk about the new site. How did Carbonite's new fight, ransomware.com site, come about and what does it have to offer? Yeah, it's, uh, it's something that we talked a lot about internally. And you know, here at Carbonite, our mission fundamentally is to ensure that we keep our customers' data durable, that we make sure it's there for them, that when they back up, they can restore because no matter what happens to their systems, that's what we're there for, right? And we began to think about the, the larger implication of what are the threats to their data and how can we make sure we're doing the right thing proactively to help inform our customers about those threats. And when we saw the ransomware category exploding, for better or worse, uh, we saw there were a lot of technical resources out there, how to uh, you know, go in and identify a ransomware variant, how to set up ways to detect it. But there was really nothing out there that was directed at the average person, right? maybe a little technically sophisticated, maybe not. The small business owner, the, the IT guy for a mid-sized company, the consumer at home. And we felt that we could create an environment and a resource that would speak directly to people who just want to be informed about what's going on and not have to get into the technical details but feel better prepared. And so if they then turn to their IT guy and have a conversation, 
They can have a conversation grounded in fact, uh, and they can also know what to look out for. And one of the things that we think is critical and the reason we launched Fight Ransomware is to ensure that it's, it's not just Carbonite's view. It's in fact the view of multiple industry experts, and we invite other vendors, in fact, to join us in the effort to get the information into the hands of people because an informed citizen, for lack of a better term, right, an informed digital citizen is going to be a safer digital citizen. And that's really what we want to do with this site. And we want to make it something that if people feel that they need more technical information, we know where to send them. And But we want to keep it in the voice of the real users that we at Carbonite have served for a long time and people who trust us to make things simple and easy and something that they can get their hands around quickly and feel better prepared to take the next step, ultimately protecting themselves and their data. That's great. You know, I've enjoyed working on the site and helping out with it and working with our contributors. And, you know, one of the things that the site's been doing is raising some interesting issues. And in one story, contributor Eric Vanderberg raised the possibility that maybe one day uh, political activists, or in this case, hacktivists, you know, could start using ransomware as a way to further their political goals, perhaps misguided uh, way to further their political goals. And I was just wondering, do you see things like this happening in the future? Yeah, it's, uh, it was a great piece. Uh, I like the article. And uh, I think that it was insightful in that we see this natural extension of first, we go after the money. Then we start to go after the ideas. Right? Then we go after the politics. Right? So when you get a tool like ransomware, and then ransomware is simply a tool for extortion. Let's put it frankly, right? That's what it is. Right? When you get a tool like that, the easy thing to do is to get money. But over time, people become more and more sophisticated. And it's not in some ways unlike just the development of social media. We're all familiar with social media. We're using it here now. And, right? and, and at first it was sort of, oh, that's kind of interesting and fun, connect with friends. That there was a weird evolution uh, until all of a sudden we were seeing Twitter being used in uprisings in the Middle East. And the dynamic changed very quickly for these type of tools. I think with ransomware, because it's so easy to use and because people are so susceptible to clicking, there, there are multiple nefarious tactics that can be used and ways in which can be taken advantage of. And I, I honestly, sometimes I'm a little afraid. I, I own up to that, right? And I'm in this business and it's my job to be knowledgeable and to make sure that we inform people and I inform people of what's going on and the risks. Sometimes I'm a little afraid because uh, we've opened up a Pandora's box and we'd never know what we're going to find inside. Yeah, it is scary out there. And, and so what can people do to protect themselves? What are, what are some of the steps that we recommend that businesses take to protect themselves? Yeah, there's a lot that folks can do to protect themselves. And, uh, and first and foremost, it always comes down to uh, being informed. So a little knowledge is actually a very valuable thing in this case. And be informed of not just the basics of what is ransomware, what are the types of basic attacks, phishing attacks and others that people are going to use to go after you or your business. What are some of the basic, what I term, 
internet or computer hygiene things that you have to do. Think before you click. It's it's so simple, but how often do you or I or anyone else just, oh, that's pretty, and then we click. <laughs> right, so think before you click. Uh, we see a phenomenon that's actually very interesting in uh, ransomware in particular. Uh, there's a lot, oftentimes you read about uh, hospitals or police stations or municipalities attacked. One of the reasons that they do that, there's multiple reasons that those are targeted, but one of the reasons is they often have shared computers. And that means that there are multiple people logging on to a system over multiple shifts, for example. And uh, as a result, you have uh, what I think the term is, right, many hands make easy work for hackers, right? So you have lots of people touching the system, going through, and they're just working really fast. They don't even think sometimes. So they're, they're primed for uh, an email or even somebody, a physical person coming in and doing social engineering to get information or make them do something. So what we find is you want to make sure when you have those type of environments that you put some simple internet safety rules on the machine, right? Don't click on any links. Don't click on emails from people you don't know. Don't browse unapproved websites. Don't uh, share the information, your login information. Basic things that people should be doing, but it's good to put reminders in front of them. And and of course, every company and small and individual should have perimeter protection, right? antivirus and other you know, types of security software. We, we value that as the perimeter protection that prevents most things from getting in, but it can't prevent everything from getting in when it's a human that opens the door. So that's where the final step is make sure you have everything backed up right? and get everything backed up so that if the worst happens, you haven't lost the most valuable thing you have, which is typically your data. And you can find these tips both on our site at Carbonite.com. Uh, you can find articles on Fight Ransomware. And it, it's it's being informed and feeling like, honestly, Mark, you, you as a user or as a small business owner or as a part-time IT person can take back a little control over what's going on and don't feel like you have to seed control or be the victim of very sophisticated malicious attackers because the power can swing back to you with just some basic cautionary steps. And that little bit of feeling of control will go a long way, I'm sure. It does, doesn't it? I mean, we all want that sensation. And the internet has, in some sense, sort of taken away a lot of our sense of control, right? We feel like we're controlling things, but ultimately we're just sort of reacting. We see things and we click and we see things and we respond. And so it's much more reaction. And when you think about it through just the lens of humans and, and the psychology of how we, we, we act, we've become a reaction machines, right? We wait for the, for the click, the buzz, the beep. And then we like, okay, what do I do next? And to break out of that, sometimes you do have to step back, say, okay, what am I actually doing here? That looks like it's an email from my good friend, Mark Brunelli, but maybe not because he's offering me a lot of money if I click this link. <laughs> yeah. So That's definitely yeah. not me. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, but, you know. but it's like next time someone, you know, you get that cat video, you got to watch this. And by the way, I, like every other human being, fall victim to these things too. Right? No one's immune. Right? No matter how sophisticated you are, no one's immune it's because we're human. That's the beauty of it. But we can also change our behavior and a little bit of change in behavior can better empower us 
to take control and to own our situation and to ultimately protect our environment and then protect our data because that's what it's about. Right? We entrust so much of our data to our machines, to our hard drives, and we want to make sure that we protect it, whether it's business data or personal data, and we want to cherish it and keep it there so that nothing can happen to it. That's great. That's great. A little, a little proactivity in a reactive world. Um, so let me ask you this. What are some of the key features that people, this is my last question for the day. You can ask as many as you want. <laughs> Go ahead. So what are some of the key features that businesses should look for in a, in a backup and recovery system? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it depends a lot on the business. I, we obviously, we at Carbonite and, and all of the vendors in this space, we create solutions that really want to take into account what is a business trying to do? Right? How much data do they have? Right? How is that data backed up? How easy is it going to be to recover the data for me? So am I able to back up just my desktop and laptop computers? That's a key question that we ask. Do I have to back up servers or file servers? That's a key question that we ask. Am I going to be able to have a simple interface to use to make sure I understand which files are being backed up and which files are not being backed up. If I'm a little more sophisticated, I'm going to want to ask questions like, can I restore everything, what is sometimes called bare metal restore in the industry? So can I restore an entire system image regardless of what system I'm restoring it to? That's something that's really important for a lot of small businesses. And we want to make sure you look for that. Am I, do I know where my data live? Right? So is my data going to be securely encrypted wherever it lives? And how do I get my data back? How long will it take to get my data back? In the event that I need it back super fast, can I get something like courier recovery? That's another feature that oftentimes you know, people need because they need it to get it back quickly. So there's a, a set of questions and, and also just look at the reputation of the vendor. Right? What sort of customer support am I going to be able to get? We get hundreds of calls a month in our support line for people who need help with things like ransomware. And in our support teams here, at Carbonite, which are actually up in Maine, are trained to be able to deal with issues like, I think I have a ransomware virus, what should I do? So you want to make sure that you have support available where appropriate. You want to make sure that you're working with a company that really is in the business to protect customers' data, not simply just to sell products. That's great, Norman. Thank you. This has been really informative, and uh, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm really excited to be here. I look forward to doing it again. Let's do it again, definitely. And to all you listeners out there, for the latest news and advice on how to protect your home or business, be sure to point your web browsers to fightransomware.com. That's it for this edition of the Carbonite Podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.